flee away, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has planned a plan against you. He has conceived counsel against you. Nebuchadnezzar forms plans. God himself is such a king. And so Jeremiah later says of God regarding Nebuchadnezzar, that therefore hear the plan of Adonai, hear the counsel that he has taken against Babylon and his purposes that he has purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. God is one who forms plans, and his plans will come to pass, as Isaiah says in another passage. Adonai Tzavayot has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have planned, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand. This is the plan that is planned against the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For Adonai Tzavayot has planned, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? The Lord is the one who plans, and he carries out his wonderful plans uh, to perfection. And what he plans is, in fact, wonderful. The two terms come together in Isaiah 25, where Isaiah says, O Adonai, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name For you have done wonderful things. Your plans of old are faithfulness and truth. God is the one who plans, and what he plans is wonderful. And now Isaiah says of the son of David, who will come to the throne, that he is Pele Yoetz. He is a wonder of a planner, or he is one who plans a wonderful thing. He is one full of wisdom, who carries out his Plans. But he's also called El Gabor, mighty God, even. Now, the term for mighty here, a Gabor, this usually has uh, military connotations or connotations of nobility. Uh, King Saul was one who, we're told, sought for himself any Ish Gabor, any mighty man, and attached him to his retinue, brought him into his army, into his bodyguard even. And as he was looking for such an Ish Gibor, he found David. David himself proved himself to be an Ish Gibor because he brought down another Gibor, the Philistine mighty man, strong man. But that should not surprise us, for David himself was the descendant of someone called a great uh, Ish Gibor Chayel, a mighty man of valor. And that man was Boaz, whom we do not see wielding a sword, but redeeming his kinsmen. And David, as he became king, and as he is recognized as king, he gathered about himself 30 famous giborim, mighty men. And this is the term that Isaiah uses in reference to God. He is El Gibor, the mighty God. The third phrase that appears in Isaiah 9 is aviad. Father of Ad. Ad refers to the, the everlasting age, the time, the distant time, almost always referring to something future, the, the age to come, uh, eternity even, if you will. But occasionally it refers to the past, uh, the one from of old. Strange then to refer to a child as an everlasting father, a father of the distant time, we might say. Uh, What kind of child could bear such a name? 
and yet he is one, this is consistent what, with what Micah will also say about uh, the one coming from uh, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, saying of him that uh, out of you shall come forth to me one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. How can somebody come to be who has been from of old? And that's exactly what Isaiah is saying as well. He is this ancient father who will be born to the people. Finally, he's called Sar Shalom. He is called a ruler of peace, a prince of peace. And this is consonant with Israel's expectations for the seed of David. When God set apart David, raised him to be king, and made a covenant with him, part of this covenant was that he would bring rest to his people. He would bring peace to his people by subduing Israel's enemies who had oppressed them since the time of the judges. God said, no more, the seed of David will give them shalom. He will give them peace, wholeness, well-being. And David does have a son who succeeds to the throne, and his name is peace, Shalomon, Solomon, uh, this man of peace. And peace is seen in his kingdom as uh, nations come streaming to him, Uh, seeking his great wisdom and acknowledging his great glory, one such as the Queen of Sheba, who comes with gifts of gold and spices from afar, seeking out the King of Israel, that she might see for herself his glory, and whether it be what has been reported to her. And so this one, Isaiah declares, who is coming, is a Sar Shalom. He is a ruler, a prince of peace. As we think of these terms... Uh, a council of wonder, this one great of wisdom, this mighty God, this everlasting Father. We might think of uh, God in his attributes of his omniscience and his omnipotence and his immutability. And yet, uh, true to Hebrew form, uh, Isaiah doesn't use the cold language of systematic theology, but instead vivid imagery for uh, this hope who is to come. He is one who is full of wisdom, who is able to thwart his opponents by his shrewdness and his wisdom. When they seek to trap him in dilemmas and in uh, inescapable traps, he is able to conceive the way out and turn the tables so that they are trapped in their own schemes. Uh, He is the one who, when faced with a humiliating defeat, When it looks like all is lost, who's able to pull away the curtain and say, aha, it's a victory, this was the way it was intended from the beginning. This was the plan. This one is an El Gabor. He's a hero. He's a conqueror. He's the one who slays with the word of his mouth. He's the one who conquers the great enemies of his people, subduing every tribe and tongue and people and nation to his rule and to his will, but defeating even the most terrifying of enemies, such as death itself. This is the one who is the Aviad, the everlasting father who has been with his people all along. Yes, he is appearing in time to come, and yet he knows his people. He has been there, and he always will be there for his people. And this one is Sar Shalom. When his purpose is fulfilled... When it is accomplished, his people will enjoy peace and freedom from their enemies because he will make them whole.